Well, this was actually a lovely day to have a road trip to come out here to Overton, Moapa Valley. My mother was freaking out. Oh, there's, maybe you should rethink this, this drive out to Overton. We hear the rains are going to be terrible and on and on. She was just tripping. But I think sometimes that's what moms do, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, I'm used to my mom, so I know what's coming. And uh, overreaction? Maybe. Maybe. There was one time I was in the Philippines. She said, get out of there. This volcano's erupting. She's like emailing me. Get out of there. This volcano's erupting. They're evacuating the city of Manila. And I thought... 10 million people now. They're not evacuating the entire city of Manila. And by the way, the volcano was 100 miles south. But anyways, that's what moms do, right? Thank God. Thank God we have moms. Yeah, moms are the best. Well, <clears throat> this morning, first of all, I want to mention I've had a stuffy nose for about two weeks. I probably shouldn't have been eating eggs. My allergenist always told me don't eat eggs. But you know what? My wife brought home the most beautiful tortillas. Soft, delightful I mean, kind of like this wheat kind of vibe. And I started envisioning everything with eggs. Egg quesadillas, egg burritos, egg taquitos, egg tacos. And I had a blast just ignoring what the allergenist said. Am I a little itchy this week and stuffy in my nose? Yes. So if I have to clear my throat, please forgive me. But uh, you know what? Sometimes in life, you just got to go with it. Eggs are too awesome to miss. Amen? <clears throat> well, this morning... Uh, Kind of like a, just like a great title in my mind, Waves of Change. We are getting waves of water, amen? When we were on the road, there were times that the water was just spraying in front of our car. It almost seemed like we were in the Pacific Ocean for a quick moment, didn't it, hon? It was unbelievable. But waves of change, <clears throat> and very often in life, we don't deal well with change, do we? Or crises. Does anyone here say, yeah, I handle it all? Awesome. I have it all under control. Well, when you think about sometimes even human history, we have a lot of stories in human history that goes back thousands of years that is times of change in a culture, a society. When you think of ancient Mesopotamia, ancient Greece, and on and on and on. Have you ever read any of those books? Homer, the Odyssey and the Iliad, ancient uh, things that we've heard about. I mean, who, who hasn't heard of the story of the flood? You know, 3,000 years ago? Well, I brought with me today the story from my ancient times, the 1970s. <clears throat> and there was a story of change. And the reason I mention it is, you probably, I might have mentioned this before, uh, some years back, but there was one time I decided to buy a raft and I was on the hen uh, probably like the Boulder City side of Lake Mead, uh, and uh, I thought, this is going to be a fun day to go paddle around the, one of the coves. And then all of a sudden, these big stormy clouds, these big monster uh, you know, bands of just pure wind took my little raft, and I started heading your way. I mean, I thought, I'm either ending up in Moapa, or, uh, Moapa Valley or Arizona. I have no idea where this thing is taking me. And of course, I have one of those little cheesy oars. You know, those ones that you kind of like, you, I think you have to screw it together. <clears throat> and, uh, but the reason I want to, I'll tell you a little bit more about that, uh, that story in a moment. But in the ancient times, probably about 1970, I was born in 73, and I just remember this, this ancient story. 
And it starts this way. If you've ever heard this epic tale, just sit right back and you'll hear a tale. A tale of a fateful trip that started from this tropic port aboard this tiny ship. The mate was a mighty sailing man, the skipper brave and sure. Five passengers set sail that day for a three-hour tour. A three-hour tour. The weather started getting rough. The tiny ship was tossed. If not for the courage of the fearless crew, the minnow would be lost. The minnow would be lost. The ship set ground on the shore of this uncharted desert isle with Gilligan, the skipper too, the millionaire, and his wife, the movie star, the professor and Mary Ann here on Good job. That's with the 70s, guys. That's with the 70s. <clears throat> Gilligan had no idea what was heading before him that day, did he? They took off, it looked like, on the, on the show, it looked like at Long Beach or something, and they ended up, <coughs> excuse me, God knows where. So, the thing I wanted to mention this morning is, very often in life, we definitely need a lesson in navigation, do we not? If that wind would have taken me further and further, I didn't know where I was going in my raft. I was just like Gilligan. I might end up not on a desert isle, but maybe on the desert side of this side of Lake Mead. So here I was, <clears throat> trying my hardest to get back to my cove. I thought, if I can get to the cove, I'm safe. I could at least grab a side of the cove and then just walk the raft over. But boy, that wind was not going to let me get back. And guess what happened? The more I fought the more I was weakening that oar. So guess what happened? Snap. That oar just snapped in half and my fate was sealed. How am I going to do anything with half an oar? <clears throat> so this morning, I wanted to mention the title of the sermon is Waves of Change. Anybody find themselves in a time of change? Is it, is it great or is it a bummer? Be honest. Anybody say great? Anybody say bummer? <laughs> well, this morning, <clears throat> you can take any type of change and bring it into God's perspective if you just have a guide. Amen? Do you know what you're doing here today? You were guided here. I don't know if you know that. I don't know if you even recognize it. But you have a guide, and that is why you're sitting here today. So let's look at Psalm 20. I'll read it to you here. It's written by David. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. Anybody need that? May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. Amen. May he send you help from the sanctuary May and grant you support from Zion. <clears throat> May he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. Amen. Is this word for you today? We will shout for joy when you are victorious. And we will lift up our banners in the name of our God. May the Lord grant all your requests. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He answers him from his holy heaven with the saving power of his right hand. 
Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and stand firm. O Lord, save the king. Answer us when we call. Amen. Lord, thank you for your good word. Thank you for this word that you are the God that saves, listens, hears, and comes to our rescue. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And God's people said, Amen. Do you like this Psalm 20? It's powerful, isn't it? So how did I get out of my situation with my crazy little raft and my oar and I'm heading out into the middle of Lord knows where? You know what I did? I stopped fighting the waves and I grabbed what remained of that little half oar and I just started waving. <laughs> and you know what that is? That's almost like an international sign of surrender. And I just gave up and I said, Lord, Lord, let someone spot me. One boat spotted me. Hallelujah. I think it would have been better just to have the full oar up in the sky because sometimes those waves are so big you don't know if someone can see you, right? So that half an oar got spotted and thank God, just like our scripture, God saves. Hallelujah. God saves. Could you imagine if all of a sudden I noticed the raft starting getting a little bit deflated? <laughs> oh my goodness. You never know what's going to happen in life though. Am I right? You never know the twists and turns. But sometimes our lives might be a little bit tossed to and fro just like that. And there might be no going back. Sometimes we think, Lord, why are you leading me into this new era? I really liked where I was. I was comfortable. Ever been there? Well, if your oar is broken, sometimes there's only one way to go, and that is just to give the Lord your surrender, your sign of surrender, and say, Lord Jesus, save be the God that doesn't only seal my fate, but blesses my fate in you. Amen? Hallelujah. So sometimes we might find ourselves in uncharted waters. Are you still dealing with the rising costs of this world? Does it bother you? Did I ever tell you, I probably told you, how much my latte is, the one I bought this morning? My, my latte is over $8. That is rough. Isn't it true? How... Isn't it true? It's so true. Amen. $8 lattes, I should be ashamed. Especially because I have that little Nespresso machine in there. All of a sudden, it starts feeling like I'm a Californian and I don't even live there. Like, why is everything so expensive? $4 for gas? What are you paying out here? Nice. Nice. <clears throat> but all these things, don't you hate stress? Anybody here like stress? No way. We can't stand it. So sometimes we find ourselves in these new difficult seasons, and then we wonder, how do, I how do I learn to live in this new season and get used to all this newness? How? How in the world can I even do that? You know, it's like sometimes we want to fight, and we feel as though we're fighting that new reality we can't even accept. And I think about, you know, my, my degree from UNLV is in history, and they said America's great, one, one researcher said, America's great because it had a frontier, and Americans could begin to move democracy into the next realm as they headed west, and democracy could be reborn again and again. But every time they did that, there were new challenges, were there not? Into the, into the, hinderland, the hinterland of America, a lot Lot of challenges and by the time they hit San Francisco they discovered earthquakes oh my goodness and it destroyed the city there in like 1908 or something crazy I'm probably getting my date wrong but every time 
America moved west, there were new challenges to deal with. But I would say these tough environments with so many decisions that we have to make in our life, many often uh, times we're looking for a sign from the Lord. Do you ever look for a sign from the Lord? I think we all do. And I mentioned California because sometimes, uh, even when I was living there for a short period of time, I thought to myself, how do people even make it here? How do they make it here? And then you know what I realized? Oh, I have to tell you, you can make it no matter where you are as long as you have Jesus and the right perspective. And even if you have to change your environment or change your spending habits, quit buying the $7.97 latte, whatever you have to do, you just might have to make some changes, but you don't change Jesus. Amen? You don't change the Lord. God's will is more about who you are, not where you go or what you do. And if you know who you are, found in Christ, you got it all. Amen. Many are struggling to find God's will. Has that ever been you? You're looking for what God wants for you. The next thing, where are we going? But I tell you, God's will is something you just need to follow, and his leadership is always the best. Amen. You'll see what I mean by this as we look into this idea of finding guides. What are the guideposts that we need to look for? So this sermon's not really here to tell you what to do. Do you like to be told what to do? Sometimes it's not fun, is it? Do you like to tell others what to do? Sometimes that's fun, isn't it? I could tell you do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. But what does it really matter? And sometimes you might think, but you know what, Pastor? I need an answer by Wednesday. We could just throw one out there, but we have to do it with the counsel of the Lord. Amen? Because this is our lesson in navigation and guides. Navigational tools to utilize when we find ourselves in uncharted waters. Do you ever find yourself in that moment, uncharted waters? Like, whoa, I've never been in this spot before. I have never been in this spot. I'll share with you briefly. Last year, my store was number three in the nation. <clears throat> I beat out so many stores. I beat out Orlando. I beat out Chicago. I beat out Dallas. I beat out Houston. I was just crushing people. I, I beat out New York. Isn't that wild? My little store at the win. I came behind Rodeo Drive and South Coast Plaza, the two machines of SoCal. And this year, I'm struggling just to get to number six spot. And I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm just having fun. I don't really care. My citizenship is in heaven. I try not to take it too serious because I'm thinking, ah, it's just man stuff. What are you going to do? But on the other hand, my competitive nature, anybody like that? I'm like, there is no way Chicago's beating me this year. There's no way Waikiki, Ella Moana, no way. Get off my, get off my, my uh, reports. You got to be kidding me. But... I wanted you to know that no matter what happens in your life, you always have to guide your life by this book here. Your first guide that you always need to remember in life is God's Word. That's our first point. God's Word must be your number one guide. What is it you always tell the kids, honey? The Spirit... It's the giving of the... What is it you always tell the kids? You always tell them? You forgot? She says, faith comes by hearing the word. And that's often what we need is faith. Sorry to put you on the spot like that. Come on, hon. When I need you, when I need you, come on. <laughs> 
Well, I'm just, you're right. You do say a lot to the kids, but that's great. God's word is your number one guide. And sometimes we look around and what do we see? Desperate people everywhere, don't we? Do you not see the same thing I do? It's desperate for directions. They look for the, the latest thing Oprah has to say or leaders have to say or what does uh, Kim Kardashian have to say? They look towards you know, famous people. They, they follow them on Instagram. What's the next word that's going to come out? They're looking for so many things. They look to astrology. Have you ever been at work and everybody starts talking about what kind of leader is he? I mean, what, what, what is his sign? Oh, he's born in November. Oh, he's a Scorpio. That means that he's this and that. Have we not had these kind of conversations have you ever, ever heard that my my store is all about this stuff oh my goodness that's all they talk about you what's your sign oh that means you don't get along with this one and on and on and on almost like curses right but i would say <clears throat> no matter what people look to even if they're looking towards uh psychics if they really were psychics wouldn't they call you before you even get on the phone with them they'd say hey i had a vibe and a phone number came into my mind just kidding but i will tell you one thing if you're tired of change that doesn't change, <laughs> sounds funny, doesn't it? Change that never really comes, wouldn't you really rather have the true change that gives the best hope? And hope has a name. And his name is written all over this book. And we sang it this morning. His name is Jesus, amen. His name is Jesus. If you need direction today, you look no further than God's word. And David, in our psalm, Psalm 20, he understood this. He knew that the world's superpowers have come and gone, but David knew that true success, the true success of Israel, was not going to be in an impressive military or missiles that could shoot down planes or anything like that. He knew that the success of a nation was found in obedience to God's word. That's the true test, is obedience to God's word. That's success. And I'll also add this morning, worship, because worship is powerful, amen? You need to put that shield over your life, the shield of worship. That's true firepower if you want to win. Because sometimes the enemy's trying to knock us out. Boom, boom, boom. Obedience and worship. A homeless friend of mine told me one day, she said, you know what, I have a weapon of mass destruction. And I said, oh really, what are you talking about? She said, so many negative people come at me on the streets, they come to harm you, steal you, rob from you, on and on and on. She said, but I have a secret weapon of mass destruction against their negativity, and it's called faith, faith in Jesus. Oh, what a great thing to say. You know, one time, this guy in my history class, <clears throat> he hit megabucks. Have you heard of megabucks? Megabucks is a slot. They always started at 10 million. This guy that sat two rows in front of me, he hit for $10.3 million. So here I am sitting in history class, and the professor says, I just wanted to let you know, I got an email this morning, and the guy that sat right there, we'll never see him again. He hit megabucks. <clears throat> You think he's going to be happy? You think he'd be happy either taking the lump sum or taking the annual payments? You think that'll bring happiness in his life? Have you ever heard of some of these people that hit the lottery and they just makes their life even worse? Have you heard of these stories? Or they, get, they destroy themselves. <clears throat> but when you think about it, a $10.3 million payout, even if they took half of it for taxes, that's a pretty big payoff. But I have to tell you, 
Even a life with millions will mean nothing if you have no Jesus in your life. The bigger payoff is for God's people to read God's word. You'll be beyond a billionaire if you do something like that. In your current season of discomfort, if you find yourself there, you can seek God's word as a guide to guide you in your decision making. Anybody here say, you know what, I'm not always the best at decision making. Let's be honest. Have you made wrong decisions? Have you thought, I thought that was actually a good idea. It was terrible. Well, I have to tell you, when you come to decisions, you have to remember to use God's word as a guide and a filter as you're making decisions in your life. You want to choose the wisest path. Hallelujah. And regret sometimes is a very real thing. Have you ever dealt with regret? If I only would have if I would have controlled my mouth more, I wouldn't have hurt that person. If I would have, if I could have, if I should have, all of these things, regret can be very real. In the days when pirates used to go throughout the Caribbean, on the island of Barbados, there's a castle there. You would think the British built it, the French built it. No, you know who built this castle on Barbados, this one castle? Pirates built it. And you know why they built it? They built it to put false lights into the side of the castle so in the evening they would light the lights and all the ships going by would think, oh, why don't we go hang in port there for the night? And guess what would happen when they would bring their ships to that castle that they would have thought was a safe zone? The pirates, all of a sudden, Captain Jack Sparrow was plundering you, taking all your treasures, whatever you were bringing over to the new world, gone. I mentioned this story because I'll tell you one thing. Use God's word as a filter and stop bringing your ship into port and any false light that you think is the right direction that doesn't include Jesus. Amen? Make sure that his word is what you seek first because he is the only true light. The light of the world right here. Hallelujah. Second thing this morning is this. The personal presence of God is a guide. You know, I told my daughter this last week, she's gone through some negative emotions. <laughs> she's 16. She goes through these moments of just kind of being down on herself, thinking she's not that great. <clears throat> All these things that we fight against and rebuke, amen? And I told her, "Hun, did you know that when I go and I know she doesn't see this very often, but we go and we put a deposit in the ATM. We bring a check, we bring a cash, whatever it is, and that check and that cash becomes a part of that moment, that transaction. I said, Jesus paid for our lives with his own blood. And when we come to him, the Holy Spirit is given as a deposit that comes to live in us. And if the Holy Spirit is the deposit from the Lord that comes to live in us, what kind of house are we making for him? If we spent the whole day saying, I'm not that great, I'm not that wonderful, I'm not this, I'm not that, don't you think that just grieves the Holy Spirit as he's living in you? What kind of house are you making for him? Did that connect with her? I have no idea. But I hope so in Jesus' name, amen. I hope for the things that we don't always see. You know why atheists make such bad decisions in life and can destroy their lives very often? You know why? 
because they are lacking God's personal presence. The Holy Spirit is an incredible, powerful, influential guiding factor. There was a time that I started gossiping about people at the hotel with my competitive nature when it comes out, and I would begin to talk to one of my managers about someone else in the hotel, and one time, the Holy Spirit stopped me. I might have shared this with you, but I was just to get about to begin to talk about someone at the hotel that I wasn't crazy about, and I said, you know what? <clears throat> Never mind. I don't think I'm supposed to say this. And then my manager looked at me and said, what is it? I said, God's telling me to keep my mouth shut. And my manager said, he's talking to you right now? I said, yeah. <laughs> and I had to stop myself. But let me tell you, there was one time that even my manager went on a three-week leave. You know what happened to me when my manager left? I started doing everything I wasn't supposed to. Working on reading books, putting on music in the back, you know, just doing all these things, fooling around, checking out the news. And here I am on the clock, you know, and I'm, I'm doing all these other things. But what if all of a sudden she were to walk right back in? What would I do? Oh, get, get the Swiffer. Let me dust the jewels. Uh, let me get out my client book and pretend like oh, I've got to call this guy. He was interested in those earrings. What, I would change my behavior really quickly, wouldn't I? 100% I would. If she come, uh, came back unannounced, there was one pastor in Kentucky. He drove by the house of one of his congregants. It was a young single man that had some roommates. And the pastor decided, you know what? I know he lives right there. I'm going to stop by unannounced. Pastor knocks on the door. Young man answers. All the roommates start throwing all the beer cans behind the sofa, start covering inappropriate magazines with some other type of magazines. They put some kind of like TBN or some Christian station on the TV. And the pastor from Kentucky just said, oh my goodness, look at this. What are you guys up to? He came unannounced. But I have to say, when you think about your life, what if the knock at the door came and it was Jesus? Well, that's already happened. That has already happened, hasn't it? He has come to us, and we live in him, we, and he lives in us. And I would say, <clears throat> Jesus speaks every day with guidance and direction, and we must be the people that have ears to hear, eyes to see. And many of us always wonder, why doesn't the Lord speak to me more? I bet you he is. Can you hear? Turn it up. Turn it up. The Spirit's presence. Let's talk about that. When the Holy Spirit comes to live in you, change comes. Amen? Change comes. You change the channel. You watch your mouth. You read your Bible. You talk nicer to your spouse. You talk nicer to the ones that are in your own household, your loved ones. You begin to pray for them rather than yell at them. You stop fibbing. You close that web page. You stop gossiping. You trust the Lord with your finances. You don't let panic and anything ruin your life anymore and run your life. You stop murdering people with your own tongue. You stop everything. For the Lord. Amen? You hand it over to Him. You stop envying people's success. You might even start eating better. I had that call this week. My wife said, what do you want from Trader Joe's? I said, just salad. No more eggs. 
<laughs> Itchy. This one time I was at Red Rock Canyon and I saw this guy training his dog and it was at Overlook. I don't know if you've ever driven out there by that Overlook, but all these cars are passing by. Shoom, 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 shoom. And I thought, how in the world can the dog with all this noise, and sometimes they have little helicopters out there. How in the world does this dog still hear his owner's commands? With all the distractions going on, this dog is keen on this guy's directions. Cars going by, and that dog doesn't miss a command. Same thing like when the football coach is out there. He's like issuing all his orders at the team. And guess what happens? Even with all the thousands of screaming fans, what happens? They hear the coach's voice because they know the voice. They know it. May we know God's voice when his personal presence is in our life and talking every day. Okay, let's move on to our third point. <clears throat> Excuse me. The counsel of wise men and wise women, hallelujah, are a guide. Don't you love wise people? Do you like to involve people in your decision making and say, I want to check this out with some other people? That's kind of me sometimes. <laughs> but I will say, one pastor from the South, I read this, it was so great. He asked, uh, he felt like the Lord was asking him to plant a church in Las Vegas and coming from uh, their part of the South, you know, it's just like a, moving to Sin City. Like, oh my goodness, you've got to be kidding me. Do we have slot machines and grocery stores? Maybe, sorry about that. You know, it's just, it's not the South. <clears throat> So he was so stressed about this call that the Lord had placed on his heart. And he says, well, you know what? I'm going to ask the children. And if they say no, then we don't go. If they say yes, we'll go. His son voted no. Daughter voted no. The four-year-old said yes. Then he had the new stress. Does the four-year-old count? Some people, like me, <clears throat> will ask their opinion to others on matters when it becomes to big decisions in your life. And some people might ask a hundred people on a bad decision. They think they might be going the wrong way. They ask a hundred people and 99 say, no, 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 it's a bad decision. But one goofball says, that sounds great. And they go, great, that's what I needed to hear. People sometimes want to hear what their itching ears want to hear. And he said, ah, I knew I was right. But also... Since I'm looking at these fans, I remember one time I put like this test before the Lord and I, I had some decision to make. And I said, Lord, the blade on the fan is facing towards my door. But I will say, if you want me to do something else, when I wake up in the morning, just make that blade a little to the right, then I'll know. <laughs> Talk about putting a fleece before the Lord. Have you ever done something like that? Maybe it's just me. Well, I wanted to mention this. We need to stop searching for signs and realize that all we have to search for is the wisdom of godly people, our brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. With prayer, with guidance, with advice. So I'll tell you, if you're in a new arena in life, the word is relax. Don't trip. Don't break your oar. Relax. Hallelujah. Trust in the Lord. That's why it says here, some will trust in chariots, others in horses, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. Now I know that the Lord saves. So rise up, people of God. Stand firm. Raise your oar. Submit to the Lord. Surrender and never underestimate his power. Hallelujah. And the power of five 
or six or seven wise counsel folks in your life. Isaiah 30, 21 says this, whether you turn to the right or turn to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Do you believe that? John 16, 13, but when he comes, the spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. Godly counsel helps clean up lives, amen? You know what Jenna made me do when we first got married and she... um, she, we moved her from California, and she moved right into our condo. <clears throat> she went through my movie collection. You know, out of all my movies, the one I remember that she really pinpointed most that had to be out of the house, and she said, and you, you will throw this away. You won't put this junk into anybody else's life, so I don't want you to get regift it to someone. Anybody here a regifter? Don't admit it. Guess what she pinpointed? Austin Powers. And here I was trying to broker a deal with her. Well, why don't you just let me keep at least the first one, and if you let me keep it, I'll give you one million dollars. Okay, if you haven't seen the movie, then you won't, make, won't connect. But anyways, she made me get rid of it. But I have to tell you, very often, godly counsel will clean up your life. Isn't it true? Our last point is this. God moments and circumstance can be a guide. Have you ever had a God moment? Where you just know the Lord showed up. And he shows up in the coolest way. Pastor Dave Childers had a brother. Just passed away recently. Pastor John. When I was struggling to serve the Lord. And just trying to find my way in Christ. Pastor John said, come to the Philippines. That's how he talked. I always thought he was so cool. Let's go, brother. Come to the Philippines. You will be amazed. And here we were, flying from Vegas to LAX to catch our flight. Like I said, I was a struggling Christian. I, I, hadn't, I was nothing impressive. Full of sin, the whole deal. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God he changed his lives. And here we were, walking through LAX. And all of a sudden, Pastor John and I passed this older lady. And he went, and I stopped and like, what's up? He said, Ryan, give me a minute. I have to talk to her. And he backed up. And he spent about 10 minutes with this lady. And she, I stayed at a distance. And he, she's just crying and crying. And then when he met up with me, he said, the Lord told me to speak to her. The Lord told me that she just lost someone special. And she just told me her husband passed away. And she's flying right now to go make some arrangements from where the husband passed away. And he just stood there and ministered with him. That was the beginning of this trip. This trip got better and better and better. That was before we had ever even left the airport in America. God just began to speak and talk and stop and minister. It was unbelievable. God moments and God circumstance. <laughs> there was one p- pastor from Illinois He had been praying about this ministry to get water to third world countries, clean water. And one guy, he was going to this conference to learn about it. And a guy on his airplane said, I had a dream with someone with a face like yours, looked just like you. And in my dream, there was this big fountain of water. 
And people were coming in lines with cups and cups. And it was like you were just serving them this water. And the pastor knew right away that was God talking. Isn't that something? Life can be hard, but let me ask you, if you live in God's will, that's the best covering you could have. Amen? Circumstance. Hallelujah. So bring your cup to God's fountain. Hallelujah. And drink from the water that will never make you thirsty again. Lord, how do I find this? (laughs) How do I find this water that I'll never have to come draw water again? It's Jesus. Amen? He is the living water. If you've ever seen that movie, A Beautiful Mind, With Russell Crowe, he finds all these things in newspapers, and he thinks it's leading to all these clues, and it ended up not really being anything. It was just his mind kind of slipping on him. And may we never look for anything other than Jesus, hallelujah. May he send help from his sanctuary, as David said. So be assured that David is telling us that no matter what season we are, Jesus is in our choppy seas, amen? even if we feel it that way. It's time to stop struggling in uncharted waters and start lifting the banner of victory for the Lord because he has the power that we need. There was one bathroom attendant I met at the hotel, and he was complaining to me about how his wife had Lou Gehrig's disease and the pills were costing him $2,000 a month. And I said, brother, let's pray about it. He goes, pray about it? You're a Christian? I said, you better believe it. And regardless of what we're facing, I'll tell you one thing. God's circumstances can change things. And he said, amen. And we prayed right there in the bathroom. Very cool moment. There's one lady at the, uh, at the hotel. Her name is Justine. She has an interesting job. So as we close this morning, I wanted to mention Justine to you. She has an office right next to Mr. Wynn's old office. It's one red door right in the shopping area. And inside that door is Justine. And on a daily uh, basis, she's there for any of the client's needs for retail. She's the win shopper, the personal shopper. It's her job to get to know people, connect with people, build bridges, have relationships with them in a greater way to guide them in their decision making. And when her clients go home, they have put on the finest and the best that the win can afford, or even the world. The glamour of the clothes and the jewel, blah, 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 all that she does. I mention her to you because I figure so it is with Christ. We come to him in our frustration and our confusion. We daily listen to him. He guides us. And if we obey him, regardless of the choppy waters we might be in, we'll be putting on the finest that heaven can afford if we obey him. So let him lead you. If you need to waive the surrender, does anybody need to surrender in a greater way? Let's be honest. Anybody here say, I need to surrender in a greater way. Lord, give us the strength to surrender to you more and more each day. Give us the strength to give you more of our lives every day so that our lives actually become your life in the name of Jesus. In your name we pray. Explore the life that God has for you. In every season, God is doing something new in you. Amen. Let's stand and pray. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Father, that truly moments, circumstances can be a guide that you are still leading, Lord. You never left us. You never forsook us. You are still there. And we are reminded today, Lord, that the counsel of wise men and women in our life 
are our guide, and we thank you that you'll bring more to our lives, Lord, so that our path will be straightened towards you. Hallelujah. And may we never forget the personal presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, Lord God. In fact, since it's raining today, we say simply, Holy Spirit, fall fresh on us this day. Hallelujah. And we never forget to not open this wonderful, precious book of life. This book hasn't been deemed illegal yet or against the law, hallelujah, so we will open it daily, read it proudly, and remember that God's word is a guide. Even though the world might not like this book, we, Lord, will find our life in the pages of this book, hallelujah. Current culture, we don't care what it says, we care only what God says, hallelujah. Thank you for putting a Bible in our hands, Lord, and your words in our mind and on our hearts. Lord, bless your people as we partake this day of this wonderful lunch that we'll have together and bless your people as we meet and gather in your name and in the precious name of Jesus, we give you thanks. Amen.